Welcome to a brand new season of Growing Up with Galdem. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name is Nyella Arboyne and I'm the life editor at Galdem. And I'm Natty Kasimvala, former editor and longtime contributor at Galdem. Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to sharing the perspectives of people of colour from marginalised genders. Each week, we invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a special episode of Growing Up With Galdem in partnership with Mayor of London. In light of recent news around vaccinations and the inherent personal and political decisions that vaccines bring with them, we wanted to bring a trusted medical professional onto the show to discuss the COVID-19 vaccination programme and answer some common questions. Today we're speaking to Dr Adjua Danso, a London-based GP. She studied at Barts and the London School of Medicine and Dentistry and is a board member of the Ghanaian Doctors and Dentists Association UK, which promotes health in the UK and Ghana, most recently supporting the Vesicovaginal Fistula Fund in Ghana. Dr Danso believes that health is the real wealth and education is the key to empowerment. She works to promote community health awareness and shine a light on medical discrimination on her award-winning social media platform, The Clinic Diaries. A keen writer, she has been featured in Women's Health, Pulse, Cosmopolitan and Refinery29, to name a few. Thank you so much for joining us today. I don't think we have had a medical doctor on the show before. Definitely a first. Amazing. Could you tell us a little bit about Path into Medicine? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I kind of started with the idea that I wanted to be a doctor very early on, apparently, according to my mum. And I gradually just followed that path through all the way from sort of primary school until secondary school. And, you know, unfortunately, in secondary school, my school were not particularly supportive of the idea of me being a doctor. And they did discourage me quite heavily, actually. Well, they just didn't think I would get the grades to go in and study medicine. And I went to an all-girls private school. And kind of on reflection that, you know, it's all about, probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. It's all about some league tables. You know, that that's what they need to get. They need to get an X number, X, you know, number of A-level entrance and X number of Oxbridge entrance. And I think, you know, they didn't want to... That's the kind of feeling I got. They didn't mm. want to kind of mess up the stats. Yeah, it stats, exactly. So they kind of discouraged me, but it was something I always wanted to do. My parents knew how much I wanted to do it. Interestingly, there were no doctors in my family at all. So they were the people that helped me through. And I didn't get any offers to study medicine because my predicted grades were so low from my sixth form. But I got all the grades at the end of the year. So I had to take a year out. Do you know, I loved my year out, actually. I had a great time. And I think at the time I didn't really, you know, I was really upset and I was quite low because I just thought, oh, gosh, all my friends are off to uni and and I'm going to stay here. And, you know, 
But now it was, on reflection, it was one of the best things and that had happened um, in terms of my progress. And then I went to med school and kind of just went straight through. And yeah, now I'm a GP. Been a GP for six years. Amazing. I've spoken in the past with my own family about like the fact that I've only ever had one doctor who was a woman, but I've never had a doctor of the same race as me. And I do think in some senses, like it almost directly leads to like my own slightly like weary, slightly hesitant relationship with, I guess, like going to a doctor about something that could be that's small, but like you, you kind of almost minimize or shrug off things that you could just be speaking to someone about. So that's so great to hear. So while we have you here, we wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. We know there's been very mixed responses from many POC communities. So yeah, we thought this would be a great opportunity to get a real life doctor (laughs) to speak to us a bit more about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love talking about vaccinations and COVID and it's really interesting as a medic as well because you read about things like this happening but like to actually be in it is really just kind of surreal but yeah yeah I can imagine I think it's like that for all of us in a way I think you hear about vaccines in the past and you know Mm. you might even have had the flu vaccine or something like that but you haven't really seen the process like from beginning to end just to talk briefly about like the vaccines that are on offer and I think there are different kind of viewpoints on which is the best one and or which one has certain side effects or which one we should be prioritising. So I wondered if you had any, like, just top-line information that you would suggest if you were speaking to someone who wanted to just know the landscape of vaccines here in the UK. Yeah, I think what I would say is that the sort of first very important bit of advice is that all the vaccines work towards the same cause. So they all work towards reducing hospitalisation and also ending up in intensive care on oxygen machines and also preventing death. So regardless of which vaccine you have, that was the kind of the main outcome they were tested on. So they all work towards that. I always kind of have to talk about my personal kind of story of trying to get the vaccine or should I say being offered the vaccine. At the time when I was offered the vaccine via work, I was offered either the Pfizer or the AstraZeneca. They were the only two at the time. Being a doctor, obviously I read up and I wanted to know, you know, the differences between them. And I actually concluded that I was quite happy to have either. And that's the truth. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I was a bit anxious because I was one of the first. I was a little bit nervous about what to expect. And I ended up having the Pfizer vaccine and I had been completely fine. But I understand, obviously, you want to know what's going on, you don't want to know the differences. But at the moment, they all work pretty much the same. You're presenting your immune system with what the virus looks like. None of the vaccines contain any virus at all. So you're presenting it with either a protein or small material to say, hi, this is what COVID looks like. Just can you have a look at it? Can you check what the shape is like? And then your body says, okay, let's have a look at this. Let's see what we can do. Then it makes antibodies. So it's ready for if you are presented with the real COVID vaccine, your body says, hey, I know what you are already. And then it has the antibodies ready to fight it. So that's why you may have the very mild symptoms of a cold, runny nose, sore throat, 
a lot of what we're seeing now. So we're not seeing the deaths as much. We're not seeing the people that are being admitted to intensive care at the same amount as we did, you know, earlier on in the year, which is proof that the vaccine is working. It's actually weirdly comforting that you were also anxious about getting the vaccine. I think we have just this idea that, I don't know, doctors are robots, but you are a human who has also read up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you just have to, don't you? And I think it's very normal to want to know what's going on in your body and being able to understand how it works. I think we live in a day and age where there's so much material that's accessible. So why not try and do a little bit of research? Yeah. Another question that I've heard a lot is how has it been produced this quickly, the vaccine? That's a very popular question. And I think that raises a lot of questions and concerns for many people. I think you kind of have to look at it like this. This virus has affected the entire world. The entire world is literally or was literally at a standstill. So scientists all around the world were working collaboratively to try and stop this devastating people's lives and also you know devastating economies let's be real so everybody around the world were working very hard together so you can imagine how quickly things happened working collaboratively but i think the question really should be why has this never happened for anything else in terms of all the other diseases that affect so many people around the world we've literally just seen how quickly we can get a vaccine for coronavirus because it affects people all around the world. But what about other conditions that affect people in smaller parts or smaller areas of the world? I mean, I think it's kind of the other question we should be asking. But, you know, a lot of money has been put into this. Lots of people are working on it. And, you know, there haven't been stages that have been skipped. We have really tight, rigorous processes in this country, particularly with the medicines and health regulatory body, which basically approves all medicines, including vaccines in the UK. And so there's no way any corners could be cut. So, you know, we follow the normal trials that we do. We start on a small number of people, well people, healthy people. Then we move on to a large number of people. Then we move on to people that have got health conditions. Then we move on to people who are higher risk. And that's how we produce the vaccine. I think it's super natural to be hesitant about the vaccine I know that I personally have been and I think there's almost like this this total link between people who are vaccine hesitant about COVID right now and you know the people who have been dubbed in the past anti-vaxxers in terms of like a more like a broader philosophy about like vaccines in general I guess like if you were to have a patient come into your GP and just talk to you about the vaccine and you felt like they were hesitant or they were kind of had these reservations, is there anything other than what you've just discussed already, is there anything in particular that you would say to them to kind of like assuage those concerns? Yeah, I think first of all, I'd always ask, what are you worried about? What is it that you've read or what is it that you're scared about? What's making you anxious? And that could be a whole range of things. You know, somebody could be anxious because they had a friend who had a temperature for three days and didn't feel very well. So it's exploring what the concern is and then trying to address it with facts and what we have. So I would strongly recommend speaking to your GP because they're usually quite balanced people. But also I would say really look at reliable, reputable sources because we have seen how quickly uh, things can spread. I always call them the Association of African Aunties, one of the most powerful organisations 
ever to exist. One thing can go on WhatsApp and then it just spreads so quickly. And, and often it's based on people's fears. It's based on worry because they have, you know, this history of why people can't rely on the health system for, they don't trust the health system. So I don't really blame people for spreading this around. They're trying to protect their loved ones and their family. But I just think we just have to use reputable sources such as the NHS website, speaking to your GP as well, who can also be able to advise you. And just kind of being mindful of what we choose to share on and what things we engage with on social media. Yeah, I think what I would say is that it's okay. It's okay to feel hesitant. It's okay to still be deciding. You know, it's a choice at the end of the day. It may not feel with some of the things that are coming out that it is a choice, but it is a choice. And it's okay to take your time to make sure that you're making the right decision for yourself. But use, as I said, reputable sources. Make sure that you get as much information as possible to make sure that you are making the right decision for yourself. I think, thank you so much. I think that's super, super important. All right, then. I think we're going to get into your extract now. So it would be great if you could read that out for us and give us a little context about when it was written, what it was about, and then we'll chat some more. Sure. So I wrote this extract or what was actually an Instagram post on my page, The Clinic Diaries, which is kind of a health and well-being page. And it was basically just around the time when the A-level results were about to be published. And I just kind of had this immense feeling of like dread. It was like the worst feeling that I can actually go back to that feeling very, very easily. And I just sort of wrote this kind of for people that were feeling anxious and anticipating results, particularly for med school, because it's a lot of pressure. So I will get straight into it. This day, several years ago, I got my A-level results. I got the grade to do medicine, but I didn't have any offers. I was happy, but at the same time, I wasn't. I wanted to start university the same time as everyone else. I cried and cried. I decided to take a gap year and it was the best decision I ever made. I spent the year working in an all-girls school in Highbury as a science teaching assistant. I also took a medical secretary terminology course. This was useful because not only did it mean understanding the medical jargon at medical school, but it allowed me to get a job during the holidays at medical school. Taking a gap year wasn't what I wanted, but it was definitely what I needed. I saved and managed my money. I learned to drive. I got a car and bought myself a Tiffany bracelet, which I believe me was a really big deal at the time. I reapplied the next year and I had offers to study medicine. So firstly, well done to those that got what they wanted in terms of grades. For those like me, it's okay. It will work out. Some of my good friends who are wonderful dentists and doctors didn't get into medicine the first time. The path to success is never ever smooth and good things never come easy. So hang in there. Oh, thank you so much for reading that. That was, yeah... Super encouraging and super relatable as someone who basically got mocked by my A-level teachers and got terrible predicted grades as well. I can totally relate to that. I guess looking back on this, what was it like reflecting on your younger self who didn't get those grades and those offers in your predicted grades? Yeah, I think for me, I really did think you know, particularly when I was studying, I put so much pressure on myself. Mm. I really thought that if I didn't get these grades, I genuinely couldn't see past that at all. And that's a really scary thing, you know, when you're sort of 16, 17, 18, having to feel like your whole life is just going to end, you know, 
or not based on these results. And it's an awful amount of pressure. And I really wish that Although my parents did say that to me, I didn't really listen. But now it's like you meet so many people that have had such different paths to wherever they need to get to. And it's just kind of emphasising that to people. And I wish I had known that because I would have probably handled things slightly differently. I think I would have made more of an effort to kind of stay in touch with some really good friends that I had at school. But I just was so ready to just like end school and just like leave that place. And, you know, and I think... I was just so fixated on that. So I think I would have handled things slightly differently. Um, Also, your gap year was so practical. All my friends were like falling off the back of boats in Bali. (laughs) I know. I was thinking the same. You were doing like extra courses, extra credits. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I was so excited to like just have been done with school. And then I thought like, what can I do to make money? And then what can I do that will help my application process to do medicine so I was like let's get a job in a school and it was so wild it was so cool it was an all-girls school and I'd come from an all-girls school as well so I thought like what's the deal and it was just a completely different type of school to what I had been to and it was great the kids really (laughs) took to me because I wasn't actually that much older than them but they would be like miss you know like I just want to talk to you about this boy and I was like tell me what's happened tell me and they really took to me and I really really enjoyed it and then I learned how to drive as well and then I made a little bit of money at the time I felt like I was doing quite well you know on my little basic salary but it was great I had a great time and I loved I didn't travel the world I didn't go to Africa you know I just stayed in Essex and it was great And just reflecting on that younger self who, yeah, was feeling those things about not getting into med school the first year round, but was about to have this amazing year that would kind of transform your experience going forward. And I wanted to ask, what advice would you give to your younger self then, if you could? I would say be kind to yourself and everything will be okay. You will find a way. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's lovely. It's been really great to have you on the show. Thank you. This has been a special episode of Growing Up with Galdem in partnership with Mayor of London. For the most up-to-date information on the COVID-19 vaccine, please visit the NHS website. To get your vaccine, you can search Book COVID Vaccine or visit your local walk-in centre. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. You can sign up to become a member at gal-dem.com for access to exclusive discounts with our favourite brands and partners, early access to tickets for Galdem events, an advanced copy of our annual print issue, and so much more. Make sure you're following us on all major social media at galdemzine for the latest independent news and culture. Or visit our online website, which is gal-dem.com. Don't forget, if you love this episode of Growing Up With Galdem, be sure to subscribe, rate and leave a review. We'll catch you on the next episode.